there are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. Wow, we just gotten out of the most amazing, amazing Purim. And Hashem has given us the chus again to spend a bit of time together on this Erev Shabbos, learning some Torah, getting inspired, getting sort of really hyped up for the coming for the coming Shabbos. And of course, because today <coughs> is Shusham Purim, we will be devoting a lot of our program, a lot of our Torah, to the concept of, of Purim. We're still, after all, some of us might not even be totally sober yet, so it's certainly okay to talk about Purim. But of course, because it is Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Pasha's Tzav, let's start with at least a short thought on the Pasha of Tzav. One of the, the Pasha this week talks about various Korbanas, and one of them is the Torah. The carbon the imal yakrevenu. The person should offer a a thanksgiving offering to Hakadosh Baruch, and of course, paying gratitude to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, when everything seems to be going our way, is very very easy and very convenient. Everyone would agree that we have an obligation to acknowledge our debt of gratitude. What about when our prayers are answered with a reply? that we find unacceptable. When the answer is no, do we still thank Hashem? Right? We should understand that Hashem is either testing our reaction or He is saving the positive response that we crave for another time. Unfortunately, gratitude under unagreeable and trying circumstances requires a real, real deliberate thought, and perhaps even hindsight, as well as foresight, to understand, accept, and show our appreciation for what Hashem does for us. I mean, like something small. When the show went out last week, many of us were sitting without water. We had a whole air of Shabbos without water. And some of that time, it may have been coupled even without electricity. Oh, Boy, were we upset and the council and this whole country is going to part one second. Let's take a moment to be grateful for the fact that Baruch Hashem, most of the time we have water. Most of the time, yes, we have electricity. There always has to be an appreciation and a gratitude for what we have. And if we don't have it, well, then maybe that's to help us appreciate more of the things that we do, that we do have. The Pnei Menachem paid a shiva call to comfort a grieving family. While there, he presented the following question. In, in, in Halal, in Tehillim, in, in Kufte Zayin, David HaMelech declares, it says, When distress and grief I would find. And that's where the Pasuk ends. The next Pasuk then begins, Then I would call the name Vakarish At that point, there's quite a break in the Pesukim, between the grief and the gratitude. Way in Malaria, in Pesach, you give them the same capital. There, David declares, Kais Yeshua says, sir, 
I will raise the cup of salvation and name Baruch I will invoke. That's in one pasuk. In this case, there's no break. Why? See, he says, Rav Ruven Karlstein explains that when our cup is overflowing with good fortune, then the gratitude just oozes forth. It's an immediate response to the positive. When we are dealing with grief, challenge, and adversity, however, we need to stop, take a break, and mull it over before we realize that we have a chayiv kaddish, a sacred obligation to thank our kaddish baruch Hu for everything, even if we do not understand his actions concerning our lives. Thus, when life is good, we declare kais Yeshua sesa, and when it's a tzara of a yoga, it's when things aren't good. So first, we also have to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu at the time when the tzara is going, is going on. The Rebetzin of Avram Gozinski passed away at a very, very young age, leaving him to raise his ten children. It was an epic tragedy. He tore Kriya, tore his garments in mourning, but did not recite the bracha, Baruch Dine Emes, blesses Hashem the true judge, which is usually recited at the time of Kriya. He waited until the third day of Shiva, right, the seven-day morning period, and then recited the bracha. He explained, Chazal teach that one must bless HaKadosh Baruch Hu when confronted with death. As, as he would when he is the recipient of good fortune. Chazal charge us to recognize and acknowledge that nothing bad comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Thus, our attitude towards both must be exactly the same. It took me three days to accept this reality cognitively. For a person acknowledges that even the pain and adversity which appear to him as bad are really for his goods, he will have a deeper understanding of the notion that bad and good are all really both good. This is 11.9 FM, soul to soul. We'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 This is Soul to Soul on your radio air. Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Tzav Shushan Purim Tav Shin Pebez. Welcome, welcome back to our show. Thank you so much for joining us on this day where we're still living in the definitely in the afterglow of a beautiful, beautiful Purim that we experienced yesterday. Ah, with so much simchan, so much happiness, and so much joy, and so much growth. In Ruchnius. So therefore, I think we can still spend quite a bit of time this week talking about Purim. We're still kind of in, in the back seat of, of Purim, but maybe you can still learn a few things and get a little bit of chizuk out of, out of, out of Purim. There's an amazing Chasm Seifer. The Chasm Seifer in, in Teres Moshe says, you know, in Pasha's Emor, the Torah goes through all the Yom and Tovim. It mentions for Shabbos, and then Pesach, and then it carries on with Shavuos, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. <clears throat> right afterwards, 
The Torah then goes on with the commandment of Tzavis B'nei Yisrael V'yik Ho'elecha Shemen Zayis Take pure olive oil L'halois Ne'er Tamid to light a candle all the time. And right after that, the very next Pashtun, Pashtun Emma, is a command about the Shulchan, the table that stood in the Mishkan on which were piled the special Lechem Apolim, you shall take <coughs> fine flour and you shall bake 12 loaves and put them on the Shulchan Ator, on the pure table. Says the Chasm Seifer that since Pashtun Emma deals with all the Yom Tovim of the whole year. So we can say that the commandment right after Sukkot of lighting the Menorah is alluding to the Chag of Hanukkah on which we light candles. We light the nearest Hanukkah. And the Shulchan, what Yontif is left that we haven't mentioned in, at all in the Pasha, the Shulchan alludes to Chag Apurim. Because there we have the mitzvah of the Sudas Purim, the special Sudas that we so enjoyed yesterday and we got so much out of. That's symbolized by the table. Comes out, therefore, from the words of the Chasm Seifer that the Shulchan in the Beis HaMikdash somehow is connected to the miracle of, of Purim. How can we explain that? So, you know, we find by the Shulchan that the shulchan, if you break up the words in, in, in two, you put a line down the middle, so then shulchan becomes shel chen. That it's something of, of great favor, of chen is a word you can't really translate. And, and, and the, the meaning of the word chen is, it means a, a, a relationship of, of great love, of great closeness, right? Without any any independent reasons, just a love that exists because two people want to be together. For example, Chazal says Gemara in Sanhedrin on the pasuk, the Noyach Motzochein, Noyach found favor. So it says, Alfal Noyach Nechtam Gzadin. Really, Noyach should also have been destroyed in the flood. El Hashem Motzochein. He found favor in in Hashem's eyes. In other words, Noyach as far as he himself was concerned, wasn't even worthy of being saved from the flood. But somehow, Matzachin ben Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu found favor. HaKadosh Baruch Hu had a special relationship with him and decided to save him. So too, the Shulchan represents the love that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has for his, for his children, right? Right? The... So because of this chain relationship that exists, whether or not we're deserving of, of that love or not because of what we, what we do, Hashem still loves us. And therefore we find that when the Besamekdash was standing, the, the Shulchan demonstrated the love that existed between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and his children. In fact, as the Gemara, we had it recently, it's Gemara in the end of Chagiga, so Gemara in, in the Menachas, teaches us that on, on Yontif, they would pick up 
the the shulchan and show it to all those who had come to Yerushalayim for the Aliyah Lerega, and they would say, See how precious you are before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right? Because this bread, which was placed on the, on the shulchan last Shabbos, is as hot and as fresh and as tantalizing the next Shabbos as it was the moment it was put on the, on the table. Therefore, comes out baseball by saying that there's a special love that is represented by the Shulchan, which uh, uh, connects to the special love that our Kaddish Prophet has on us that is completely, completely independent. It has nothing to do with who we are or what we are. It's just simply that our Kaddish Prophet wants to have a relationship with us. So too, we know that the Shulchan represented the, the Tzinar, the, the pipe, through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu poured down the Shefa, the blessing, the plenty, in all matters of physicality of this world. In fact, as we find in the Gemara in, in Baba Basra, on Daf Chofeim and Beis, that if someone wants to become wise in Torah, so he should face Yadrim, to the south. And if someone wants to become wealthy, Yatspin, he should turn to the north. And the, the, if you want a way of, rem- of remembering it, the Shulchan was in the north and the Menorah was in the south. If therefore, if the Shulchan represents the love that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has for Klai Yisrael, even if we're not deserving of it, so therefore, they're going to get this amazing outpouring of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's love that comes from the Shulchan, comes through the Shulchan, in spite of the fact that they're not even doing the will of, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and they're not actually deserving of that, of that Shefa. Now, in fact, we find by the, uh, the great, the great Tzaddikim that they would uh, pour down all kinds of goodness, all kinds of brach, all kinds of atzlacha to Amisha, even when Kleisel was not deserving of it based on the way they were acting. For instance, they, they tell about the, uh, the, the Shinovah Rabbi, Cheskel from Shinovah, who was the, uh, the oldest son of Rav Chaim Sanz, that he had a chassid, whose name is Rav Kalman, who, uh, uh, who Baruch Hashem, he was Zaycha, that he had greatness of Torah and greatness of wealth together on one, on one table. He was one of the great, of the, of the, one of the great uh, 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 benefactors, uh, and, and he had a tremendous, tremendous uh, 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 business, Baruch Hashem, and he supported and kept going. Really, anyone who needed help, they, he was the address to 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 go to. He was one that that provided for everyone. He himself, basically, just sat all day and learned Torah and did and did uh, and did chesed. And he had someone. He had a manager who looked after all of his all of his businesses. One day, this. Uh, his, uh, his employees, Manal, came in and let him know that, unfortunately, he had to, he had to uh, tell him that the business isn't going well. And it's, it's, it's descending and it's, it's kind of deteriorating to, to the point that uh, the situation is very, very 
uh, a serious, and they've now gotten into terrible, terrible debts to to you know, several dozen types of, of, of creditors. So of common them, is there any kind of uh, aid? So you have any any advice you have how we can save the the situation? So the manager asked him, there's only one Eitzah that's possible that we could sort of remedy the situation. And that is since all of your, of my, uh, of, of, of his assets were insured, maybe we could cause a, a fire that would destroy all of your property and the the payment that you would get from uh, from the insurance that would cover all of the debts. So, originally, Rav Kalman refused to listen to this advice because uh, the reality is it's it's an outright act of of theft of Geneva. But after a time, when when things were getting even worse, he had no other choice called in the Manal and let him know, right, that he's prepared to accept his, his suggestion. And therefore, uh, one dark night in the middle of the night, this uh, fire broke out in, 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 in the complex and all of, of, uh, of Kalman's property, all of his uh, uh, huge, huge uh, wealth was, was burnt. And of course, they, they put in a claim to the uh, to the insurance company to pay all the all the uh, all the damage. What happened next? You'll have to hang on. We're going to take a break now. This is one one point nine high FM. Soul to soul. Please stay with us. With lots much more to talk about. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb only on one hundred one point nine high FM. 101.9 Chafem, this is Soul to Soul, back on your radio, Erev Shabbos Kodesh Parashatzav, Shisham Purim Tavshin Pei We're so glad you're joining us. We are at a critical moment in the story. So Rav Kalman had agreed to have the fire set that burnt down his entire assets, and they put in a claim to the insurance company. However, unfortunately, things didn't work out that way, and some uh, investigative reporter, journalist, uh, revealed that in fact, Rav Kalman himself had set the, the the fire in order to get the damages from the insurance. And since that, in fact, was the fact, the police came and arrested Rav Kalman. And only after posting a substantial bail was he freed until until the trial. With really no choice, uh, Rav Kalman went to to his rabbi, to the shin of a rabbi, and he told him that he needed mamish a huge Yeshua because they were suspecting him that he actually caused the fire himself and they were going to put him on trial and the, the outcome of that trial could be a life in imprisonment right besides a huge fine that he would have to that he have to pay so the rebbe said to him don't be afraid because i promise you that the truth is going to is going to come out and don't worry everything will be will be clarified to be 100% true and, and go home in peace. 
Rav Kalman heard this, and he, he, his life went his life went dark. He didn't he didn't want that the truth should come should come out. <laughs> he traveled home, but he didn't know what to do. So when his wife saw the terrible, terrible state he was in, she decided that she was going to go to the Rebbe and ask some kind of Yeshua for him. But even her, to her, the Rebbe answered the same thing. I already promised your husband that the truth is going to come out and that he doesn't have to worry about anything. Doesn't he believe my, my promise? And the wife started to cry bitterly. But the Rebbe remained adamant. I've already promised your husband a bracha when he was, when he was here. So since Rav Kalman saw that he had no other choice, he turned to a, a relative of, of the Shinovarov, who was, uh, he used to, Rav Kalman used to support him from his, uh, his, his estates for many, many years. And he told him exactly what happened. And he asked him, speak with, with the Rebbe, that he should help him. And this person agreed and went to the Rebbe and asked for a bracha for Rav Kalman. And the Rebbe heard his request and said, I don't understand what's happened to Rav Kalman. Does he have no emunas chachamim? I already promised him when he was here. And I already promised his, his wife that everything is going to be all right. Why is he sending you? Doesn't he, doesn't he trust my promise? So the relative said to the Shin of Rabbah and told him the whole story. And, and that's why there's, it's, it's, there's no bracha in your, in, in your promise that the truth should come out. It's, it's in fact a, a klala. When the Rebbe heard these words, he said, says, I'm sorry, but since the, uh, you know, the whole thing is based on, on a lie and he caused himself all of this, I, I, can't, I can't help him. And unfortunately, he's going to have to. Uh, he's going to have to do the time. And this relative that heard these words coming from the the Rebbe, so he didn't give up hope. And after asking the Rebbe for mechila, he said, "But even by the Baal Shem Tov, there was a similar story like this, and he didn't conduct himself like that at the time of the Baal Shem Tov. There was a certain yid who worked in the house." of the, the Poritz, the, the local la landowner. And this Poritz had in his cellar old, old, expensive wine from the most, most, most exquisite wine that was worth many thousands of rubles. And, and, and the Yid so desired that barrel of wine. And one night, secretly, he took it and sold it and made a huge profit on it. A few days later, the pirates went down to his cellar and he saw that the barrel was missing. Straight away, suspicion fell on, on, on the Yid and the pirates warned him that if he would not return that barrel straight away, he was going to, he was going to kill him and not only him, but all of his family. So this Yid in a terrible, terrible situation, he hurried to, to the Baal Shem Tov, 
And he asked the police, I, I, I need some kind of sure that they're, they're, you know, they're making these accusations against him that he stole the barrel. Right? And the Baal Shem Tov, frightened on his voice, he says, but you yourself, you did steal the barrel. So the Yid answered crying, and, and just because of that, because I, I happen to have stolen the barrel, am I going to be Chai Misa for that? And, and if I'm Chai Misa, why is my family uh, responsible? So Bashantav said that if you accept upon yourself that you'll never do something like this again, so then you'll have you'll have a Yeshua. And the in fact what happened was the pirates forgot everything that that happened. So the the relative of the Shinvarov said to him, so why 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 can't the Rebbe do something to try to to try to uh, help help uh, of common? So the Rebbe put out his hands for a brock and said, Okay, I need to follow the, 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 the path of of, of the Bashemtov. And Bez Hashem, I'm giving him a brocha and atzlocha. And so it was. When the trial was held, Al Kalman was exonerated, and the insurance company had to pay him out the full value of all of his assets, and he became wealthy again. End of the story. But this story teaches us that the ways of the great tzaddikim of the generations, in order to bring down the shefa of bracha to Klaliso and 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 to be able to negate all kinds of terrible, terrible uh, gazeros, even when Klaliso are not deserving of it. In both these stories, the person was was guilty, but still, uh, 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 there's this chen, there's this chiba that works even in spite of our of our behavior. In fact, the, the Neumann Chimelech brings down in Parshas Korach. You know, it's normal. It's the way of a tzaddik that he's not able to see another yid suffering at all. And even people who are not tzaddik, even people who are maybe Rishayim, the tzaddik doesn't want that they should be punished in this world because he can't see the pain of another human being. And that's the nature of, of tzaddikim. And it's true, these people may have done Averis, and, and, and it's actually necessary that they should be punished. But he, he prefers, the tzaddik prefers they should be punished, maybe in Olam, in Olam Abba, and not that he should have to see their suffering in this, in this world. And the reason for that is because the, the, these great tzaddikim are trying to to uh, embody and trying to uh, exemplify the the conduct of Hakadosh Baruch Hu Himself, as we find that this Shulchan, which was Mashbia, poured down to us all kinds of Teva and Brachati Klaisa, even when they were not deserving of it. And and perhaps you can explain how was it that the Shulchan pour down all this bracha, all this hatzlacha to Klaisa, even when they don't do the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and they're not deserving of it. Because the truth is that every single Yid in his, in his pinimius inside of him, he's pure and he's good. And he wants to do 
the Ratzon of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it's only, as the Gemara says, the Sa'ar Shabbat Yisra, it's only the Yetzara that, that, uh, that stops, that stops him. And this we saw by the Shulchan in, in the Beis HaMikdash. Because the Shulchan, if you turn the letters around, it spells the word Nachash Lamed. In fact, the Shlach Kodesh uh, brings that down in Shah HaOasias. He says that because of the, the Nachash, so uh, we know that Admoration uh, was cut down because of, of the Nachash. And therefore, if we take the words of Shulchan and turn it around, it, it becomes Lenachash. However, the Shulchan is pure. And in fact, if you flip again, the letters of Shulchan, another way, it becomes Le Choshen. The Choshen, of course, we know, was that special, special uh, garment that the Kain Gadol wore, which was able to have Ruach HaKadosh, which was able to to uh, 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 uncover all the secrets and answer all the shyness of of, of Klaiso. That's the purity of a year. That's the purity of the Shulchan. The Shulchan is, is, is a Mizbeach of, of, of Kaporetz, atonement for Klaiso. And our food takes the place of, of the Karman. In other words, what we're saying here is by the fact that this word Shulchan has all these different permutations, it can become Lenachash, or it can become Lechoshen. That even when the Nachash, which is the Yetzara, is trying to control a person. Still, a Yid in his very, very essence wants to do the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he's stretching on his hand towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu all, all, all the time. And because of this very pure uh, internal part of a, of a human being that every single Yid has, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who knows what we're thinking, and he knows what our true desire is. That's why Hashem loves us, and that's why Hakadosh pours down to us the shefa of goodness and and bracha, even when we're not doing the will of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And and this we see also uh, expressed in the miracle of of Purim, because the Chasm Sefer says in in Teres Moshe on on Amigos Esther that. Uh, in, in his opinion, the biggest nace of all the nisim that are mentioned in the Megillus Esther, more than hanging of Haman on, on, on the tree, which he had prepared for Mordechai, more than that HaKadosh Baruch Hu heard the tefillis and the cries of Kaiso, was the miracle of killing Vashti by Achashverosh in that in in that very suda where eighteen thousand five hundred yidden were doing averus in, in 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 benefiting from the suda of that of that Russia. In fact, to quote the Chasam Seifer, on that very very day that Vashti was killed, Klaiso were not good at that time because they were enjoying the suda of that of that Russia and they weren't deserving of a, a miracle and really they they were deserving of being destroyed, and at that time, where they were rebelling against HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem had mercy on them, and prepared this tremendous miracle for them, to prove, right, that 
uh, uh, that even though we are, as Yeshaya says, we're we're destructive children. Nevertheless, even at that time, we are, we are we are we are precious in front of the Rebbeinu In other words, at that suda in which Klaisol were doing averus and they caused themselves uh, uh, ultimately the almost the punishment of utter and complete destruction and the whole gezera of of uh, Haman Hakadosh Baruch Hu, always as he always does Hikdim Rufua Lamaka he brought the solution before the problem even ba- began and he killed Vashti in order that Esther should be able to come in her place and save Klaisol that's how Hakadosh Baruch Hu wanted to show that even at a time when Klaisol doesn't do the will of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, they are Bonim Lamaka and they're the sons of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu loves them and saves them from all of their enemies. So based on what we're saying, the reason, the, the cause of this miracle was because Clarissa, in their very essence, is absolutely pure and Kaddish. And they want to do the Ratzlava Kaddish Baruch But unfortunately, we have a Yetzara and the Yetzara often gets the better of us. And therefore, it's Davka by the Shulchan, which can be flipped around to become Lenachash, to become a snake. In Davka, that meal, that's where the miracle happened, that Vashti was killed. To show that the Pinimius, the very essence of every single year, is, is so kosher, that even when we're in the depth of the, of the Tumah, we're sticking our hands up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and asking for closeness, asking for, for salvation. You know, we find a, a very, very interesting comment in the commentary of the, uh, of the Rikanti, which actually the Ramah brings it in, in his Sefer on, on, uh, on Megillus Esther. On the postlet it says, Vashti. The Malkavashti refused to come. And he says, uh, even greater than this, we find there's a medrash that says, Haman said to King Achshverosh, Haman is himself Midas Hadin. Who's Melech Achshverosh? Zakadosh Baruch Hu. Sheacharis Bereshis Shelay. Zakadosh Baruch Hu, where the beginning and end belongs to Zakadosh Baruch Hu. So how are we going to explain this? So it, it works beautifully, what we're saying. Because we find, the Gemara Megillah says, what's who Achashverosh? So we say that he was a Russia from beginning until, until the end. And, and, uh, and Mordechai and Esther chose to, to use as the, uh, the, 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 the nickname. We obviously Hashem's name doesn't appear in the in the uh, in the Megillah, but Mordechai Esther chose to to use this word Achashverosh as a hint that uh, uh, that even at the very very voracious, even at the very beginning of the story of the Megillah, where Klai Yisrael did not act properly, and they went to the Suda of this of this Russia, and and at the end. When Chayisol finally did the tshuva and they accepted upon themselves the Torah Kedusha, Hakadosh Baruch Hu remains with the same conduct uh, of of rachamim and love 
to Klai Yisrael in all situations. And let's not make a mistake to think that HaKadosh Baruch at the beginning wanted to destroy Klai Yisrael because of their sins. And afterwards, he changed his mind uh, because we did tshuva. From the very beginning till the end, if HaKadosh was a Russia, HaKadosh Baruch from the very beginning, even at the time when Klai Yisrael was sitting, HaKadosh Baruch was full of Rachamim and love towards towards Amisha. We find this in fact in the in the Gemara Chulin. The Gemara wants to know Mordechai Where we find Mordechai alluded to in the Torah is it says Moraderor, one of the spices that were used in the uh, in the in the Keteris was Moraderor, and the Targum says Miradachia which is like Mordechai. And Rashi says, and we, we call that this is the, the, uh, the, the Rosh, this is the chief of all the spices, and, and he became the Tzadik, he became a member of the Anshiknesis Haggadah. In other words, Mordechai is, is hinted to uh, uh, regarding an issue of reach, of, of smell. And the Gemara says in, in, in Brachas that what is the one of the senses that the neshama has the most benefit from and the body really doesn't have benefit from? That is the smell. And therefore, the smell represents the hanah of the neshama where, where only it's getting hanah without, without the body. So too, even the rishayim of Kaisa, all their rishus, only emanates in the fact that they have tibus, that their bodies want one stuff. But really, in the in the depth of death, there's a beautiful, pure neshama. And and if only the body would stop interrupting and stop getting in the way, it would be able to shine out in all of its glory, in all of its beauty. And therefore, Mordechai, who was the cause, the catalyst of the nace of Purim, that all miracle done. Uh, uh, took place because of the the the, the purity of all of Kaiser, and therefore Mordechai is compared to a smell, to an odor which represents that very essence that is the Hano of the of the of the, of the neshama, and that's why in the war against Amalek, that's why Moshe Rabbeinu lifted up his hands at the time of, 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 the, of the war. Right? When Moshe put his hands up, Christ won, because Moshe Rabbeinu, in lifting up his hands towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu, hinted to Christ that even this was after the whole story of Rafidim, Christ were weak, they stopped learning Torah, as the Gemara, as the Gemara says. Nevertheless, their hands were always extended up to, to Shemayim. Ritzanenu lasseis ritzanecha. We want to do the will of our Kaddish Baruch That is the greatness of the Jews. That is the greatness of Purim and, and, the, and the lesson we learn from the Shulchan Hatar. We'll be back in a moment. This is 101.9 Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul. Please stay with us. There's much, much more to come. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM.
Welcome back. Thank you for joining us as we move on to our halachic segment. But before we do, I'm of course, we're talking about the laws of Kiddush on Friday night. But before we do that, let's talk about the important details that we need to know for this coming Shabbos Pashas Tzav. So the earliest time for lighting candles for benching licht this afternoon <coughs> will be at five minutes past five. Five oh five is the moment we're shooting for to get Shabbos going on this beautiful, beautiful post glow of Purim weekend. It's also on the secular calendar, actually a holiday weekend, a long weekend. I think Monday is a public holiday. So really, uh, Shabbos just fits into a nice, mellow kind of place. 5.05 is the earliest. Get those candles up. Get Shabbos into your home. Get Shabbos into your life. Get Shabbos into your mind and your neshama and make it something that is amazing. Make it something that is that is beautiful. The latest time for benching licht this afternoon is at three minutes past six. It is running like mad. Two weeks ago, you were already quarter past six. Now already at th- at 6.03. That is the absolute latest time for getting your candles up. Make sure that everything is organized. Make sure that the house is ready. Make sure the food is all cooked. Make sure that the candles are lit by that time. Shkia is then at 6.21. That is your absolute injury time, just in case there's some emergency, there's something that really uh, you couldn't get done earlier. So that's 6.21. Shkia is the absolute latest, latest time, so that if you want to, be able to dive at Mayrev and not have to repeat the Shema again. If you wait to about 6.39, 6.40, that's certainly night, according to uh, everybody, and you can then say the Shema and then relax. It's been a trying and, and, and challenging week with Tanisester and Purim, and now we can sort of really sit down and, and, and kind of melt ourselves into a Shabbos with the family, with friends, with some good food and some good divritera, and make it a beautiful, beautiful Lel Shabbos. Tomorrow, of course, is Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Tzav, and it's not one of the special four Pashas. This week is actually what they call a break between Pasha Zohar, which was last week, and next week, which will be Pasha's Para. So we actually lay normal Pasha Tzav, and then the prescribed Haftira for Pasha Tzav, which is not one that we get to read too, uh, too often, but this week we will get a chance to, to, to lane it. And Shabbos care continues. Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 6.51, nine minutes before before seven uh, and and uh, yeah as I said it's getting getting uh, running at literally a minute a day Shkia is getting is getting earlier all all the time and uh, soon we'll be in winter in winter mode I think the weather already is a little bit indicative that the seasons definitely have have changed and now we're in the run-up to, to Pesach, we're about 29 days, well actually not even 29 days, uh, uh, four weeks from today is Erev, is Erev Pesach, so anyway, let's change the subject, we don't want to talk about that, we don't want anyone feeling stressed or upset or, or, or kind of nervous on, on Erev Shabbos, so let's get back to Kiddush, which is what we're, we're, really, we're really talking about, so let's talk about some of them in Hagim that apply to making making a Kiddush. So the general custom 
amongst the uh, community is that we stand at the time when we say Kiddush on, on Friday night because certainly the first paragraph of, of uh, the Kiddush is the Vayachulu. Vayachulu is testimony on the fact that we are standing up and testifying that we accept, we believe without a shadow of a doubt that it was the Rabban Islam, was HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who created the, the, the world. And, and we know that in the laws of jurisprudence and the laws of Bezdin, witnesses have to be standing when they say their, 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 their testimony. And therefore, certainly the paragraph of Bayahulu needs to be said when we are when we are standing. In fact, the, uh, the Arizal brings it also, uh, that, that, uh, and that is in fact the, the, uh, the, the minig to, to stand up for the entire uh, uh, Kiddush. However, many have the custom, and that's more the custom of the Jews who stem from Western uh, uh, Europe, that they, uh, we maybe stand up for the part of Ayachulu, but then we sit down for the bracha of Bar Piyagofen and the bracha of Kiddush, and that is because we have an additional halacha regarding Kiddush, that Kiddush has to be bimokim su'uda, in the place where we're going to be sitting down to enjoy our repast, to enjoy our special Shabbos meal, that's where we have to be making Kiddush. And since we certainly intend to sit and, and enjoy our, our, our Shabbos meal, therefore they say that for Kiddush, the better position to be is to be, to be sitting. And therefore, the custom in many communities is that after that first paragraph, before we say the bracha of Bar we sit we sit down. In, in addition to that, that through a, a, a sitting, it actually make, uh, works out that sort of all those who are actually listening and, and the person making the Kiddush, by all sitting, we're all kind of fused together into one group sitting around a, a, a table, and, and that kind of creates a much more cohesive unit for being mates them, for helping them to fulfill the obligation of making, of making a, a, a Kiddush. There are, in fact, uh, many from those communities who are, are, are very, very careful that, uh, that, yeah, in fact, stand for Bayechulu and then sit down for the, the bracha and, and the, of Borpiah and the bracha of, of Mekadosh, Mekadosh HaShabbos. On a Shabbos morning, so there it seems to be a much more widespread minig that it's preferable to, to sit, and that's the minig in most places that we sit for, for Kiddush, but nevertheless, there are, again, many uh, who have the minig to, to stand, and there's nothing wrong with that, uh, with that uh, minig. Many will, might stand up for the psukim, and then when they get to the actual bracha, which in the morning, really, the whole Kiddush is just the, the bracha, they sit down for, for, uh, for that. And even though, of course, a, a, a woman is able to make Kiddush just like a, a man can, but nevertheless, the custom is that a, a father, a husband, a man makes Kiddush for his, his, uh, his, his family. Where there are various men 
in their, in their family or various families eating together. So there are various uh, heads of family at the, at the, at the room. So again, uh, it's better that one should make Kiddush for all of them because we have a concept in Halacha of Bereiv Om Hadras Melech. The more people that are joining together to hear one bracha and one person makes the bracha and all of them say Amen together, that is a bigger honor and a, and a greater show of respect for, for the Rabbanish Islam. And while, again, the custom is in some communities that every Balabas, every, every male of a Bar Mitzvah, or actually, would make their own Kiddush, that is, that is the custom, but still, it would seem, from the vantage point of Halacha, that it's better that one person should make, and, uh, and everyone says Amen to his bracha, and has an obviously in mind <coughs> to fulfill their, their, obli- their obligation. The uh, minic is that we cover the chalas or kitkis at the time when we make kiddush because we have a principle that we hold very, very dear that whenever uh, a person has in front of him two foods that he wants to eat, one of them, let's say, is wine and one is, is bread and your intention is to eat both of them and the question is, which one would you make the bracha over first? So we, really, halachically, we should make the bracha first over the bread. Because bread, generally speaking, is one level higher than, than, than wine. It's based on the pasuk in Pasha's Ekev, which tells us about the seven species of, of grain that Eretz Yisrael is praised for. And the very first one mentioned is chita, is wheat. So the first mention is the most chashev. A wine uh, is, is only mentioned later. It's number three in that pasuk. And therefore, really, the, the bread should trump the wine. And we should, and we should uh, make the bracha on that, on that first. However, since we're not allowed to eat on Shabbos until we've made, we've made Kiddush, so therefore, we have to make the Kiddush first. So therefore, so to speak, we cover the, the, uh, the challah, so to speak, to uh, 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 not offend its, its sensitivity, so to speak, and we make the Kiddush over the wine and then, and then over the challah. We'll come back with some closing comments in a moment. This is 11.9, Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul, and this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, soul to soul, back on the radio air of Shabbos, Kodesh, Pashas, Tzav, Tavshin, Pei, Beis. As we get ready to waltz off to another beautiful, beautiful Shabbos, still kind of glowing in the beautiful, beautiful afterglow of an amazing, amazing Purim, a wonderful time that we had together as a community, as, as families, as, as, uh, as uh, each shul, whether it's the Suda and the beautiful, beautiful celebrations. Now we come to a beautiful, wonderful exciting Shabbos. So we're talking about the laws of Kiddush. We're talking about the concept of covering the chalas. We said the reason we do that is because by strict halacha, the bracha over bread comes first over, before the bracha over wine. It's mentioned first in the post that lists the seven species which the land of Israel 
is praised for, and, and therefore in order not to completely corrupt that order, we cover the chalas when we make the Kiddush, because we have to make the Kiddush first, since we're not allowed to eat until we make Kiddush on Shabbos. The same thing really applies in a situation where, let's say, I'm, I'm not going to have a meal now, but let's say Shabbos morning, I'm making Kiddush and there's some azonis, there's some cake on, on the table. Again, cake also comes from wheat, and therefore, really, it, you should be making a bracha over the cake before the, the, the Kiddush. But again, since we cannot eat on Shabbos day after davening until we've made Kiddush, so again, we cover the cake at the time of, uh, of, of, uh, of Kiddush. Now, when we're making a, a, a public Kiddush, let's say, in, in, in Shul after, after, after davening, so anyone who's going to be drinking the wine uh, after Kiddush, right? Let's say the person, the Rav, who makes Kiddush, whoever it is, he's going to drink the wine after the, after the Kiddush. So the plate of cake that is in front of them, that really should be covered at the time he makes Kiddush. It's not necessary to cover all the plates of cake in the entire, in the entire room, particularly if all those people that are not going to have anyway from the wine after the Kiddush, they don't need to cover the, the cake that is in front, in front of them. Based on this reason, there's also no reason to, in fact, place the chalas on the table at the time of, uh, of Kiddush, right? On, if they're already on the table, then you need to you need to cover them. But it will be perfectly all right, actually, to bring the chalas to the table only after, after Kiddush, then you avoid the problem. Totally, the bread's not even there, so then we can make the bracha on the, on the, uh, on the wine. Right? Some say there's another reason why we cover the chalas, that the chalas, uh, uh, you know, we have two uh, uh, loaves of mechal, we always use lechem, mishnah, so that alludes to the man that came down for Klai Yisrael in, in the desert, and of course, the man was covered on top and underneath with, with dew, and therefore the, the custom is, we place the chalas on a, on at a tablecloth or on pepsop, even use an additional kind of uh, doily, and then we cover it again with a with a challah cover. So based on this reason, so there many are are makbid to actually have the chalas on the table covered before the kiddush to commemorate what happened with the uh, with, with the month. So according to this reason, it would be necessary to actually bring the chalas to the table before Kiddush so that we can commemorate the situation that happened with the, with the month. Some have the custom to leave the chalas covered until after they finish actually making the brach of Hamaitzi and some have the minute based on this reason to actually cover the, the chalas even let's say by by Shalashudas. Uh, again, if it's commemorating the man, then again we should cover the chalas even by 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 the third meal on on Shabbos. That really is all the time we're gonna have this Erev Shabbos. It's time for us to go waltzing off and take care of what we need to take care of before Shabbos. Let me just take the opportunity to wish you all a beautiful, warm kind of exhilarating, inspiring Shabbos together as a family as, as we continue to celebrate Purim 
on this Shushan Purim. And please, God Hashem, should give us the, the Kayach to get through Shabbos, get through another week. And Be'ez Hashem will come together again next Erev Shabbos. To each and every one of our radio audience, a beautiful and inspiring Good Shabbos.